Welcome to Let It Grow Investing, the financial investing and small business podcast that is not run by a professional investor. I am Jeff, and thank you for stopping by. We're going to cover all the news you need to know to make sense of the market, helping you get invested, stay the course, and on your way to financial freedom. Thanks for dropping in to have a financial chat with me here. It is Wednesday morning around uh, 10 a.m. The market opened a little bit ago and things are looking eh, slightly green. But uh, we've got lots of different stuff to talk about. We've got um, some news going on with all the holiday shopping that's going on out there. We've got some stuff from uh, some sports betting here in Maryland. I know it's uh, been opened up in some other states as well. We've got some Palantir, Lockheed Martin news. We've got... um, CrowdStrike reported earnings last night. We've got a, a, a ton of different stuff to cover here. So I guess we can go ahead and uh, and dive in. But first, if you have not subscribed, uh, please go ahead and do so. And if you could leave a review, that definitely helps the algorithms and uh, really promoting the show to other people who might be interested in some uh, some financial education. So uh, if you could do that, that would be awesome. You got any questions, uh, feel free to leave them over there at uh, anchor.fm slash let it grow. Or on Spotify, you can leave questions or answer the questions over there as well. So with all that being said, um, where do we want to start? We were looking at uh, Black Friday sales. Uh, I guess first off, we had posted this over there on Facebook, Let It Grow Investing. And $9.12 billion were uh, exchanged on Black Friday for a sales record. Um, I guess inflation is uh, a little bit higher this year, so that number is uh, is probably a little bit up from maybe where it was last year. Uh, inflation corrected, it might be less. I'm not sure, but still, one nine point one two billion on Black Friday. So a absolutely massive, especially with the way that the economy looks, and ultimately consumers were saying that they weren't going to be spending as much money this year. And like like I said a couple weeks ago. Uh, we'll see if it actually happens. Apparently, it has not. Um, you know, and then to go with that one, uh, Cyber Monday, eleven point three billion dollars, uh, up five point eight percent year over year. So that's over twenty billion dollars spent uh, over this past weekend in online shopping or in shopping in general. But uh, some overall massive numbers, and really, we're not seeing that consumer slowdown. So that's uh, definitely something we want to keep an eye on. Are these people, um, they spending all, you know, what they got left in that stimulus money? Are we going into reserves? Are we swiping those credit cards? What's going on there? So definitely something to uh, to look at there. And uh, Shopify said that they had seven and a half billion uh, over this past weekend of uh, Black Friday, Cyber Monday, up 19 percent year over year. So big, big moves there. Uh, Amazon Web Services are rolling out some new chips that are designed to power the highest end of computing. So they're getting into that chip space as well. Uh, Another way for Amazon to make more money, uh, probably going along with their web services business when uh, the retail side of things and the online shopping is not a uh, a heavy margin business. Uh, Some of this other business is a lot more on that margin and profit for them. So I think they want to, uh, you know, kind of diversify into some other lanes in order to make more money. And um, yeah, South Korea is planning to offer tailored benefits to attract Tesla. 
and they really want them to be doing some more building there. So uh, they're looking for ways to get them into the country. Uh, and then also Tesla completed a 81,000 pound, 500 mile journey with their Tesla Semi. And I believe next week we're going to be seeing the Tesla Semi uh, being delivered to Pepsi. Uh, so that's a pretty big event as well. And they've also been developing a new Model 3. I believe the code name was Highland. And uh, that one is going to be coming out next year. So we're looking at some updated interior, uh, a little bit more refined, a little less uh, on the cost side. They're trying to bring the cost down on that vehicle. And they're also trying to make another vehicle that's smaller than the three that is ultimately going to be a little bit cheaper. Uh, we did see kind of unrelated home prices going up by 0.1% in September from August. And... Um, I guess that still, still shows that prices are still somewhat elevated. I'm sure they're coming down in some areas, but uh, other areas seem to be holding up pretty well. Uh, and Amazon also just filed a raise debt in a five-part offering, and that uh, the size of that offering wasn't disclosed. So they are looking to uh, raise those funds. We've got uh, Apple. They're looking to diversify MacBook production into uh, Vietnam looking to get out of China a little bit more as we've kind of seen uh, people going other places. I believe someone just uh, was trying to build into India rather than China. I'm trying to forget, uh, trying, trying to remember, not forget who that was, but I know they're looking to diversify and really kind of get out of those stringent ties with China. So we've got a lot going on there and uh, more people looking to get back into the office. Uh, so the Snap CEO says that they are looking to have employees spend four days a week in the office. And uh, Samsung, their sales on their fold and flip enterprise business, uh, the shipments have doubled year over year. So definitely uh, some big moves there out of Samsung. We've got uh, Jerome Powell speaking today at 1.30. So I'm not too sure what that is going to be about, if there's going to be a big announcement uh, I will be posting that up on the uh, the Let It Grow Investing page on Facebook. So if you're not there, please get over there, follow along, join the group, and uh, you know throw something in the chat so everyone can uh, be up to date on some some different news as it comes out. Um, possibly we could be getting this uh, this more talk of uh, some rate hike slowdown. We've got uh, people spending more and more money. We had some employment news come out saying that I believe 120, hold on, let me get there. 127,000 private sector jobs were added in November. And that was the below, below the estimate of 200,000. So we're getting a slowing in hiring. We're spending more and more this uh, excess capital that we have. Do we ultimately get some sort of uh, signal that we, we might be slowing things down on that interest rate hike? Possibly. I don't know. But uh, if, if anything big is announced uh, later this afternoon, I will certainly let you guys know. Um, and then, yeah, we've got uh, Palantir and Lockheed Martin. They are looking to or they they made a pact focused on accelerating Aegis, AEGIS and future integrated combat, combat system software delivery powered by Palantir's Apollo. So they are working closer together, and uh, I'm still bullish on Lockheed. Long-term, still bullish on Palantir. I think they are 
uh, a great company that is a little misunderstood. They aren't very clear as to exactly what they do or really how they make their money. But ultimately, they are in a lot of those government contracts. Uh, they're working with, I believe, uh, several branches of the uh, military and really looking to get more into that private sector as well. So I'm still very bullish on those two. Uh, where else we got? We've got the 30-year the, uh, mortgage is actually dropping, believe that or not. Uh, we've got 30-year uh, coming down from 6.67 down to about 6.49. Uh, so definitely some relief there. It's good to not see it uh, constantly running up. So again, maybe some talk for Powell to say, hey, look, we've, we've pushed it far enough. Maybe it's time to slow things down. I'm, I'm not too sure there. Uh, Airbnb launched a new apartment rental platform in more than 25 markets across the U.S. So it uh, looks like they're trying to find another way to um, get some more growth, get some more people on their platform. They've already got uh, everything built out, so why not rent apartments as well? Uh, it sounds like more of a long-term uh, rental type situation there from Airbnb. And Ford went ahead and announced that they produced their 150,000th uh, new electric Mustang Mach-E. So that is a pretty big achievement in a short amount of time for Ford. We've got uh, DoorDash. They're laying off about 6% of their workforce or 1,250 employees. And it uh, looks like more people are just able to go out and get their own food now. I'm sure we had a big rise in how many people needed DoorDash during the pandemic. But ultimately, that slowed down a bit. So uh, a lot of different stuff out there that uh, ultimately we need to pay attention to. We've got uh, you know all the talks with Powell. Uh, it all kind of leads into some macro headwinds. That uh, really CrowdStrike was really looking to kind of drive home to investors yesterday when they reported their uh, their earnings call. So overall, I think that it looked like a good quarter and the, the stock market does not necessarily agree with that in the short term. But um, I mean, we're, we're off the lows today. I think we, we dropped about 20% at the peak. Uh, down to about 109, I'll call it. And now we're sitting at 114. So this one, I actually did go ahead and buy at the open today. And I didn't buy too much of it. I just wanted to, to nibble at a couple shares, thinking that this was overdone. And kind of let me explain why here. Um, let me pull up this report that I was reading earlier. And uh, it says, CrowdStrike stock falls hard as Outlook disappoints. It's a Barron's article. Uh, and overall, it says their adjusted EPS of was $0.40. Cents. Uh, the consensus was $0.32. Cents. So it was a beat there. Revenue came in at $581 million, call it, which was slightly above the $575 million. So it was another beat there. Beat on earnings. Uh, EPS beat on revenue. Uh, the big news here was the guidance, right? The company predicted revenue of $619 million to $628 for the current quarter that we're in now, uh, which is lower than the $633 million uh, as the consensus. So they are looking at uh, lower revenue this coming quarter, although this wasn't the exact article I wanted. So let me see if I can't find it. Um, the, the numbers going forward were going to be slightly lower. The annual recurring revenue, which is one of the main ways that you're tracking these, 
uh, cybersecurity stocks was going to be slightly lower as well. So revenue of that 581 million came up from 380 million in the year ago quarter. Uh, so the same quarter last year only did 380. We did 581 million this quarter. So a major growth driver uh, over this past year. Uh, the annual recurring revenue or ARR as a software as a service metric shows how much revenue the company can expect based on subscriptions grew 54% for, uh, to $2.34 billion from the year ago quarter while the street expected $2.35 billion. So a 54% gain year over year uh, on that uh, annual recurring revenue. So that's a big, big number. Uh, so I think a lot of what is driving the sell-off is these numbers that uh, this 54 might be dropping to 40 or 45. And uh, people are getting, uh, I think, ahead of themselves as uh, as far as the amount of a sell-off. Yes, it is a high price to sales stock. Yes, it is priced as a growth stock. Um, but when I'm looking at this, I'm seeing these this company that has a ton of growth potential facing some macro headwinds on the economic front that aren't necessarily their problem. They're still going to be growing uh, well into the double digits. So for me, I will take this 20% drawdown in the stock and I want to buy that knowing that it is a good company, one of the leaders in the industry, and long term, I think it is going to outperform. So I don't really want to get caught up in the day-to-day -day, uh, short-term story. And most of the time, I would tell you that I'm not buying the day of the earnings report. I'd like to have this one settle down. Right. So now I only bought a couple shares at the open this morning. I do plan that if it stays this low to add some more uh, within the next couple of days or even the week or so. And so it's not a case where I'm rushing to buy this one and I think it can't go lower. Uh, obviously, it could. You know, 20% drawdown overnight is massive. But uh, still, it is a company that I think is going to do well long term. Uh, and it still says that it expects full year earnings of $1.49 to $1.52, a share on revenue of $2.2 to $2.23 billion. Uh, and Wall Street expects $1.33 a share on revenue of $2.23. So they are above on their EPS versus what the, the street says. And I think they've already guided down on that. So that is more in line with what they really uh, expect to see. And I think if we get those numbers, it's going to be a major outperform from the $1.33 that Wall Street is expecting. So I'm still a long-term supporter of the industry, of the company. And I think that the growth that is there, while it might be slowed down uh, based on the fact that some of the smaller users aren't renewing at the same rate or they're staging their uh, renewals uh, into multi-quarter, uh, they're kind of spacing out different products and not renew them all at once, but they want to space them out in order to have some optionality in what they're doing with their business um, is really kind of being a deferred forward looking, um, I guess, benefit for CrowdStrike, right? We might have that pain right now, but uh, ultimately a lot of these 
cybersecurity stocks are very sticky in the fact that once you get someone set up on all these different uh, platforms, they tend to stay for a good amount of time. So they might be setting their contracts up a little bit different. And I mean, if things get really, really bad out there, they might have to, uh, you know, exercise some of those rights to not stay on the platform or not renew. They might have to find a way to cut costs one way or another. But I don't know that things are going to get that bad. Uh, I think that we could still be in for a recession, but I don't think it's going to be, uh, you know, 2007, 2008 bad. I think it's going to be a drawdown based on some of the different uh, information that's coming in from a lot of different outlets. I don't think it's going to be as massive. Uh, so for me, again, I just I think that this one is kind of getting blown out of proportion. And even if it's not, um, I think that within three to five years, we're going to be glad that we bought this one, especially with some of the growth that they've had over the past few years and uh, really where I see things headed for this industry. So uh, for me, it's it's a buy. I'm not going to go ahead and say that you need to buy this one. I, you know, I'm not a financial advisor by any stretch. Uh, this is just something that I think is going to do well going forward. So I'm trying to build a position, uh, especially when things are down. Um, so yeah, that's what I got there for you guys. Now, completely other news. Uh, DraftKings. I was talking about this one. Uh, again, I've been an investor in DraftKings for quite some time for a lot of the different sports book and things that are going on out there. Now, I had told you a while back that the cost of customer acquisition was so high in these different companies. You put in $10, you get $200 worth of bets. Um, I didn't really understand it until I actually started. I believe they started the sports betting on the 23rd in Maryland. Uh, and we had some friends over and they said, oh, well, he said, hey, share my link. You you put in 10 bucks, they give you 200. Uh, so I did it and I figured, you know, why not? I'm watching the World Cup every day. You know, maybe I can, you know, make a couple bucks with this free money that they're giving me. And uh, I put in the 10 bucks. I got eight free $25 bets. It wasn't $200 that you can cash out right off the jump. Uh, it's basically $25 bets that you can place. And if you make the money, you basically keep the winnings. You don't keep their $25. So, you know, if it was a, a game where there was a favorite to win, you're going to make two bucks, maybe. And if you bet on the underdog, yeah, you'd make some some better money there, but you still wouldn't keep that original $25. You just keep the uh, the winnings on top of the 25. So I kind of bet on pretty much all the underdogs because one of them, I mean, I guess my whole point was I just want to try out the app and I bet on the underdogs and pretty much all of them lost. I think two bets, one, I'm cashing out. Uh, it's not, it's not for me. It's, you know, I don't, I don't want to go down that road, but um Anyhow, so you're not necessarily getting that $200. You're getting eight bets worth $200, but you can't cash that out. And there's a good chance that you're just going to get the losing end of the stick. So I guess from that standpoint, my the thought of how they were acquiring customers was more expensive in my mind than what they're actually doing. And uh, there's so many different platforms that are doing the same thing of trying to bring people on give them these free bets to get used to the platform. And they've even given sent me a few free bets 
uh, going forward after that, just for, you know, try this out, try that out. And I mean, logically I'm, I'm placing free bets cause it's not costing me anything, but it's just different in my mind as to what they were actually doing to acquire, uh, customers versus what's actually going on out there. So the, the competition is really fierce though. You know, I, I think since we've seen the, the legalized sports book come to Maryland, I've seen all types of ads for, um, different platforms to, to do your sports betting. So I still think that FanDuel, DraftKings are at the top there. I think MGM still a contender in that space. Uh, I know there's a bunch of others. I'm, I'm probably glazing over some of them, but, uh, I still think that DraftKings is probably one of the uh, the top runners in the space. And uh, I feel a little bit more comfortable uh, after using the app and seeing how they function, uh, really saying that uh, as an investor, I, I think it's a, a solid platform uh, for kind of that future of the sports betting arena. So just kind of a little bit of my take as to what's going on out there and ultimately what you can do on these platforms. And uh, there's a, a whole lot to learn. I feel like it's trading options and stocks is pretty much doing some of these bets on some of these uh, these sports books. But uh, with that being said, I'm going to take a quick break. We've got a lot to cover about the uh, investing challenge, some stocks we're looking at, and ultimately what we're doing for the rest of the year here. So stick around. I'll be right back. All right, we are back here. And uh, yeah, I'm looking at uh, some news out of China. And really what got me looking at this news was the fact that NEO, the uh, EV maker out of China, is running up massively today, uh, currently up about 22.7%, um, which is helping one of my accounts uh, that I'm uh, more heavy in, uh, in some EV and some growth plays. But um, definitely helping my kids' accounts, too. They've got some NEO in there. And it's helping them more because of the, the weight of NEO, <clears throat> excuse me, of NEO to other stocks is higher in their accounts and in some of mine. Uh, so, again, diversity definitely helps in uh, some larger accounts to uh, kind of even out the, the swings of things. But the, in their accounts that are a, a good amount smaller, um, it's going to be more uh, exaggerated just from the amount of uh, money that is wrapped up into some of these growth plays. So actually uh, on E-Trade right now, and I'm not sure which one's up to date. Yahoo has it at 23. Uh, yeah, okay. Neo's at 22 on E-Trade as well. Just had to update. Um, so what's going on here? We've got uh, some different stuff going on yesterday that I'm reading. Nothing that I'm really seeing today as much. Uh, I'm not really getting an update as to what happened in the last few hours that's really driving this one crazy. But uh, when I'm looking at the market over there, we've got uh, obviously some swings from China saying that they are going to get a push to get more of its popu population vaccinated against COVID. And uh, that was kind of the reason for a lot of the lockdowns. Now, one thing I did here yesterday was a lot of the reason for the lockdowns was the fact that China's hospitals cannot handle the amount of uh, sick patients that they would have should they have not done the lockdowns. Uh, it was said that uh, on a population of 1,000 people, uh, even the country of Kazakhstan had more hospital beds per 1,000 than China does 
which was kind of surprising to me with the amount of uh, infrastructure in building that China's done that they don't have more in the way of hospitals. I didn't really anticipate that at all. Uh, so that in itself is, you know, kind of a boost for the fact that people are going to get back to kind of a resumed normal out there once they get more people vaccinated. But um, we're also going to see Neo and Tencent work together on an autonomous driving and mapping systems within these cars. Uh, so definitely some correlations there between what's going on with the government, the fact that they're working with Tencent in order to uh, make a better vehicle, more autonomous driving, definitely going to help uh, Neo as well. Tencent's also getting a boost today of about 4%. Now, I don't really understand as to why, uh, like I said, what's going on today. This is all from Tuesday that I'm seeing this. So I'm not, not really sure as to what's going on. I'm not seeing anything out there as to the massive rise uh, on today, on Wednesday. But uh, definitely something to take a look at. And uh, like I said, if you have a diversified position uh, definitely nice to have some of these potential high flyers in your portfolio. Uh, I certainly do in mine, but uh, I don't want to go too heavy on any Chinese stocks at this point. So I have what I have. I might nibble here and there, but I'm not. I'm not really dumping a ton of money into the Chinese stocks after as much pain as I've been through with a lot of them. It's it's been definitely hard on those. Uh, some of them are pretty similar to how cryptos treated us this year. So just understand that there are some, you know, definite risks out there with getting into Chinese stocks or any high growth stock. But uh, obviously, some are a little bit safer than others. Uh, so kind of going forward, um, we did go ahead and buy the Tesla shares for the Let It Grow Investing Challenge for week 48. And uh, that one, I will pull up what's going on in that uh, that Webull account over there, uh, where we're buying two hundred dollars a week in fractional shares in order to you know try to beat the S and P five hundred for the year. And uh, last check, we were beating the S and P, and I'm gonna guess that we're still doing that, even though we've had some ones that uh, really haven't treated us that well. Uh, you know, Shopify, uh, some different crypto plays that really haven't done so hot for us. Uh, currently, we're down about 9%. So I think we are still beating the S&P for the year. And uh, I think we've taken more risk than the S&P as well. So um, a lot of those smaller growth stocks that we bought into probably aren't going to make it into the S&P 500. We've also got some crypto that is not uh, going to be in the S&P as well. So we've had uh, had some wins. We've definitely had some losses. But overall, I think we're performing fairly decent. Uh, with some of the choices that you guys have made over there. So if you have not voted, please get over there and vote. Uh, I don't know what you're waiting on, but please get over to Let It Grow Invest and get your votes in. And let's finish out this year strong. I really want to beat this S&P 500 average for the year. And I definitely need your help in order to do so. Now, uh, for week 49, we've got uh, five different stocks. That's what we are. Uh, that's the setup. That's what we do every week. So number one was Amazon. And uh, Amazon has definitely had uh, a lot of pain in the past couple months based on some slowdowns, some economic problems, but uh, one that I think is going to do well long term. I think this one, again, is definitely oversold versus where they should be, uh, even where they could be. Uh, 
But um, I, I'm not too concerned about that. I think long term we have a winner. Uh, the fact that they're now making these uh, high performance computing chips is certainly going to be another driver of growth for them. And uh, yeah, they're uh, got an expensive PE, but that that price of $92 is much closer to the low than uh, than it is to the high at this point for this company. And uh, when I'm looking at Reuters, it is definitely a strong, well, uh, close to a strong buy. It's it's definitely in strong buy territory. And where are we at? We've got uh, buy ratings from how many analysts do we have here? I'm not seeing it on this report at first glance. Oh, 53. 53 analysts were definitely in buy territory. And we've got about 50% of upside from these 53 analysts going forward. Uh, we have annual revenue going up about 9% this year and 20% next year. And I don't think we're seeing that in this price of the stock. I think the business is uh, is operating fairly well. Yes, we've got economic problems, some headwinds. But uh, overall, the business itself is performing better than the stock, in my opinion. So I don't think it's actively reflected in the stock price, what the business is doing. Uh, so that uh, is definitely something that I am watching for. The price to sales has dropped below a two. It is lower than the S&P 500 index, uh, which is a 50% discount to where they have been over the past five years. That five-year average being a 38 so definitely uh, a discount there and uh, a discount in the forward PE as well, about 10%. So um, one that has really caught my eye, one that I've really been trying to buy while it has been depressed down here. Uh, so number two, if you're not going to buy NEO and you want a growth name, uh, maybe Rivian could be a stock that works for you. And uh, Rivian is going to be that U.S. auto uh, EV automaker, um, focusing mainly on the truck, the R1T, and the SUV, the R1S. And um, one that uh, could definitely have a lot of growth ahead of it uh, going forward. And uh, yes, it is a tough climate for a startup, definitely one that... Uh, is going to be a, a tough one for a lot of small companies to make it out of, but they do have a path to get through this. They certainly have a price target of uh, um, one that you would want to invest in with being 65% higher than when where we currently are. We've got an average of about 47.30 and we're currently sitting at uh, 28.64 as of the close on Tuesday. Uh, so we've got... Uh, Heck of, a, heck of a lot of annual revenue forecasted increases for 2022, 3,100% up from 21. And remind you, they really weren't selling any vehicles in 21. So massive gains there and uh, continued gains going into 2023, about three times higher than 22 of 10,115%. Uh, uh, so absolutely massive gains, but you are investing into a growth company that is in those startup stages that really hasn't had major sales going uh, in the past two years. So really just coming into the market this year. But uh, I do think that is one that could uh, really see some outpaced gains going forward. Uh, even looking at the, the performance indicators here, the revenue growth 
for year-over-year ending on uh, September of 22 was 104,800%. So definitely one that could see a lot of outsized gains going forward. And uh, we're getting in at an early level here. So that is number two, uh, Rivian, R-I-V-N. Number three was going to be a different player here. We're going to look at uh, some oil and gas as uh, this name is Pioneer Natural Resources, PXD. And uh, you're getting a large, large dividend if you buy this one. Uh, It is a 10.8% dividend. Now, normally dividends over 7 or 8% tend to scare me. And this one happens to be 10.8% because it is a variable rate dividend. Now, that basically means that as the company does better, they're going to pay out more in the way of a dividend to shareholders. That's just how they are set up. That's how it works. Uh, so when you buy now, you're, you're getting that rate for the short, short term. But uh, for me... I'm seeing that oil and gas prices are going to remain elevated for some time. We're not doing a lot more drilling. We've still got conflict in Europe and in Russia. And really, those prices don't look to be going anywhere. Um, We still got massive amounts of demand, even with EV coming in. There's still so many use cases for heating and plastics and everything else that uh, is in the the oil space that uh, EV isn't going to uh, really remove. So we've still got to, a lot of different needs for it. So Pioneer Nat is uh, one that's going to kind of fill that void. We've got eight and a half uh, on the PE, solid earnings per share of $28.09, uh, a high dividend and forecasted growth uh, of about 11%, I believe it was when I looked at this one over the weekend. And actually, currently, it's at 16%. So we got 16% on the forecasted price target and about 10% on that dividend. So about 26% of upside going forward from here. So definitely one that I think is going to be safer. Uh, It's going to pay us while we sleep to hold on to this one. And it's going to be a little less worrisome than buying a startup in a recession. So that one might be the safest play, Uh, definitely the one with the highest dividend, maybe not the safest. I'm not sure. Maybe this next one's safer. Uh, Next one being Visa. And as I said, you know, we got $9 billion on Black Friday, $11 billion on Cyber Monday. I'm sure overall we've got to be well over $20 billion. I'm not sure if those numbers include Saturday and Sunday sales. But uh, definitely major amounts of usage of uh, those plastic Visa, MasterCard, and I'm I'm sure a lot of different ways that people are paying this holiday season. But um, yeah, Visa, where do we want to start with Visa? Definitely one that has massive high margins. They're normally over 50% in that, uh, that margin. And it's currently sitting at 209. PE is uh, right around 29.9. And one that I think is going to do really well going into a recession. Whether people want to just swipe these and you know pay at the end of the month or if we're really going to build up a, uh, a balance on these and they're going to be paying those massive interest charges, uh, Visa is going to benefit from all those sales. 
regardless if it's just per swipe or they're getting that interest on top of it. It is a powerhouse of a company that uh, is currently rated a buy from 40 analysts here. We've got about uh, 17% of price target upside for an average of about 248. We've got uh, right where Amazon was, 8.8% of growth. Uh, that's for 23 and 22% of growth in annual revenue for 2024. Uh, dividend growth, 17%. Not one that's going to pay a big dividend, but they are increasing it, 17%. So I will take that as a shareholder. And uh, revenue growth of 21%. Gross margin, 77.5%. Net margin down to 51%. So I was pretty accurate in saying that. We've got a 15% discount in that uh, five-year price to sales metric, 18% discount in that uh, trailing PE metric, and uh, twenty or 17% discount on that forward PE basis. So definitely one that is trading lower than I think it should be. And we're going into a uh, economic time where traditionally credit cards uh, are used a little bit more and those interest numbers kind of roll up a little bit higher. Uh, so that's number four, Visa. Ticker is V. Number five, uh, this one is Snowflake. And uh, one that, uh, who was buying this one? I forget who was buying this when we were talking about it uh, on Sunday. But I know someone was just, some big investment banker was just adding Snowflake into their portfolio. And uh, currently we are sitting at 135 and this one is still in that growth stock also. So I'm really thinking that, uh, you know, all their databasing and uh, networking is going to be uh, kind of similar to CrowdStrike. And the fact that it is pulled back based on a lot of these macro trends, we've had some problems. But uh, overall, I think when the uh, recession kind of slows down and people get back into spending on more uh, infrastructure of their business and really getting all that data into one location, Snowflake should be a big benefactor of that spending. So that is going to be number five, uh, based on the fact that I think it is undervalued right now. And currently as a buy with about 51% of upside from 36 analysts and, uh, excuse me, 70% of annual revenue increase in 23 156 percent in 2024 so definitely a growth stock uh it is priced as such and uh, they also have 92 percent of revenue growth from uh july of 21 to july of 22 and one that i think should serve us well going forward so five stocks that's the deal get over there to let it grow investing on facebook if you are not a member join the page get your votes in and ultimately share something with me that I need to know and I need to tell everyone else about uh, maybe in the next episode. So again, Amazon, Rivian, Pioneer Nat, Visa, and Snowflake. Those are the five names. If you want to see some different stocks battle it out uh, in the remaining three weeks of the year, throw me some names. I'll, uh, I'd love to get a, uh, a little bit of review on some stocks that you want to hear about and ultimately see what everyone else thinks about them as well. Uh, so. Get over there, join up, vote, and uh, comment about some different names that you might want to see uh, to finish out this year. But uh, that's what I got for you guys today. Thank you very much for stopping by. Please make sure you like, subscribe, and share. 
and uh, I will catch you guys in the next one. So thanks a lot, and I'll talk to you soon. Thank you for stopping by here on Let It Grow Investing. Please make sure to like, subscribe, and share to build a community of like-minded investors. If you do have questions for me or for the group, you can find us over there on Let It Grow Investing Podcast on Facebook. This is not professional financial advice. I am not a professional financial advisor. Please make sure to do all your own research before investing in any security. I do have links in the description to help get you started on E-Trade, Webull, Crypto.com, and Binance. And a friendly reminder that a goal without a plan is just a dream. So go ahead and build your plan, uh, design your portfolio, and stick to it. Thanks for stopping by. I will catch you guys in the next one.